0: What is up everybody welcome to the dugout coalition we are here talking about confidence today with the college coach roundtable we are we're wrapping it up I think confidence is a massive tool that a lot of athletes lack at all levels I think it's just working with athletes from all different levels have seen the main difference is confidence and performance and I think confidence can enhance your performance greatly on the field off the field in the classroom in your personal life all across the spectrum. And we've got some really good college coaches on here that know a lot about how to instill confidence in their athletes and some tips to do so for your program. So before we get into it, I just want to just break this out. Um, I think confidence is the deciding factor in the good and the great, the average and the good athletes. I think you can bring in a pretty talented athlete, but if they don't have any confidence when they step into the box or they step on the mound, they're not going to do very well. They're not going to perform at their highest level. And I've always been really intrigued since playing baseball and now coaching baseball, how to get athletes to buy in to being more confident. Like what are some tools that you use? What are some steps? Is it even possible? Is it only starting with them and their self-belief? Or is there anything that we can do as coaches to encourage confident athletes on a more consistent basis? So. Um, I'm just going to open up the floor here. Um, Ray, we'll start with you. I just kind of want to know, hey, what what are some things that you've noticed, at least in your career since you've been coaching now, um, some tools that you've used to enhance confidence with your athletes? What are some things that you're doing right now to help athletes become more confident on and off the field? Uh, You know, I think it's hard um,
1: because, really, there's two ways to look at it. You're you're either the guy that's just flat-out confident. He doesn't need to see it happen or you're the guy that needs to see it happen to become confident. Um, now there's a small group of guys that really have that confidence built in. Um, most people have to see it. So, um, <clears throat> you know, finding ways to see, get them successful, uh, finding ways to uh, sure that they know how good they are um, so that when you are relaying the message of, hey, this is improvement, this is what I'm holding you accountable for. It's not um, berating, but it's, hey, this is going to get you better so
0: that when the time comes, you're ready. Mm, I like that. So, you, so you're basically when you're working with your athletes, you're letting them know up front that what we're doing right now it may seem monotonous and may get boring. We might do the same infield drills six days a week. But over a long period of time, when we get into the game, you're going to be ready to go.
1: Well, yeah. And, and I think there's there's that window, too, of like you got to you're going to push your guys um, and you want them to fail uh, so that when their success rate becomes like 80 percent in the drill you need to make it harder. Um, you want to make that practice as hard or harder than what they're going to see in the game so that when that game comes, it's you know, they're riding a bike.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. I like the 80% rule right there, too, just kind of making it tougher on them. Say, so, hey, look, when we get in the game, we're going to be more prepared. Uh, Cameron, what what are some things that you're doing, not only at Chapman, but just over the course of your career that you've seen that really helped athletes become more confident in their preparation? Is it... Uh, Their work ethic is it just natural ability? Like, what are some things for you?
2: Sure, I'll touch on the first part quickly, just related to some of the things that I'll speak personally that I do first when it comes to the recruiting process. The first thing that I generally like to do is try and gauge: is this a confident person, or is this a person that appears confident? And what I mean by that is, when you look at a, I'm going to just keep it in the context of recruiting. When you look at a recruit's instagram twitter whatever the case may be it can be really easy to make a pretty quick gauge of yes this is a confident kid with the gear he has and and all those sorts of things and um, with what social media has done it can certainly present some unique challenges and um, in a unique way filter what's actually there and so what a lot of research has suggested is while you know players in this context of recruiting seem more confident they are in fact more insecure it's just a a filter no no different than the filter that you put on your um you know your instagram picture things like that so what we have to initially start with is is this kid actually confident by the way he was raised by the way he prepares by the way that um, he has his uh, mental outlook on things or is this a quote-unquote a facade for a confident kid that's actually masking a lot of insecurities so it's hard. There's a really fine line between those two things. And the only way you can figure those out is you have to talk, you have to communicate, you have to meet the families, you have to build relationships, things like that. So that's at least a really unique starting point, but a really beneficial one is try and figure out, is this real or is this artificial? And so the next place in relation to our specific guys, we always talk about confidence comes from your preparation, your routine. Do you have something that you know puts you in a position to be successful on the field off the field every single time or are you mixing matching things are you doing different things based on what you're trying to do on the field versus what you're trying to do off the field we spend a lot of time making sure that our guys understand that you know everything's connected what they do off the field will affect what they do on the field and so the last bit I know this is a little long-winded so I apologize but the last bit is just trying to communicate the difference between a superstition and a routine. You know, a routine is something that you do every single day because you know it works and it gives you the confidence to know that if you do it, you're going to be prepared. Superstition is you're just trying to do different things to almost shortcut success. And we all know there's there's no shortcut to success. So I apologize for the long-windedness, but I at least just wanted to put that all out there.
0: No, I love the I love the answer. And I think the superstition is kind of funny because you bring up a point. I remember there was one time in... Uh, pro Bowl, where we I remember I in California, there was an In-N-Out Burger a mile away. And if you're not on the West Coast, I'm sorry, you're really missing out. But the West Coast, we get lucky with in and out Burger after a game, because one of the only things that's open. And I remember going to In-N-Out Burger. I remember giving, like, I think it was five bucks to a homeless guy. Or no, no, I bought him a double-double. And then I got my meal. a four-by-four shake, animal-style fries. If you know what In-N-Out Burger is, you know that's the quality meal right there. You're getting crushed. Uh, and so I, I ate it. And the next day, I went like three for four, crushed it. And so, me and my buddy are like, dude, we got to go back to an outburger. Went back to an outburger, got the same meal, walk off, hit the next game. I'm like, we can't break the superstition. You got to go a third time, three days in a row, just because we thought that, hey, in and Out Burger was the reason we were succeeding, rather than our routine, the process that we've laid out for ourselves. Everyone's different, but our individual process to set us up for success. So I just want to kind of throw that in there, Cam. But you bring up some really good points that I want to touch on later, and um, I should have probably started off with what does confidence even mean to you guys? So we'll get to that one in a little bit. But uh, Whistler, wh- what about you? You're, you're at a junior college, so it's maybe a little different. Um, you've been at the four-year level as well. Is there anything different that you see? From the two year to four year levels with confidence, or is it pretty much the same thing getting guys in and just trying to help them become more confident in their preparation routines and, and their abilities?
3: First of all, I don't know if I could roll three days deep on In N Out.
0: It was no. it was no, easier than you think, I'll be honest. It was easier than you think.
3: <laughs> no, yeah, it's it's definitely uh it's definitely a different beast going from the 4-year to the 2-year level. Um just because there's more there's more reps in my opinion. Um the 4-year the the 4-year guys you're going to get those junior college transfers who already have 2 years under your belt. Um and they're coming in trying to compete for a spot. And that'll get to my point of confidence is just the the repetition piece. I think is so huge because um you you're able to put guys into a situation where um, they, have, they have to battle through those failures in order to get to that successful, confident um, level. So I think, I think a lot of us here would agree that I, I, I don't think there's a rep that better instills a live, a live repetition um, than, than, the, than the live reps. So we try to inter as much as we possibly can, man, whether that's coach pitch, whether that's off a machine. Um, and, and when we have the arms to do it, obviously, towing it up against your teammates as much as you can, that, that puts your guys, I think, into a live situation um, as good as you can get. And the more that you do that, I, I believe you're able to instill that confidence piece in them. And for, for us and for me, and, and it was that way at the four-year level too, you had to do it on a little bit of a lighter scale because um, these guys obviously haven't played college baseball before at our level. so. Uh, most of them, anyways, and so being able to give them that live rep as much as you possibly can um, is able to put them into a live college baseball situation, and then from there you really can chip away at the confidence piece, work on the little things. But honestly, throwing them out there into a live situation, letting them toe it up against uh, toe it against up against their teammates and, and teammate teams of a different color um, is a big big piece in what I've seen to be able to develop that confidence piece.
0: I like that a lot Get into the actual competition and I think competition breeds confidence there's a high school coach here in Arizona Chris Raymond and he's unbelievable he was one of my coaches when I was in high school and he got the the head job at one of the local high schools one of the bigger ones here in the West Valley and first year won a championship he's been there a couple of years I think three or four years now maybe five and been in the championship multiple times but I always ask him I'm like dude how one how are you so confident two what do you do for your athletes? Because they're different when they take the field. They're not the normal typical high school team. Like they look like a, a division one, like Omaha college baseball team. Like they are freaking beasts. I'm like, this is different than most teams that I've watched. And you say competition, 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 competition. We put guys in game situations consistently. We go bottom of the seven, two outs, bases, juice, and there's people actually on the bases with other guys in the field. We'll bring JV up if we need to. And it's all, it's all a go or a no-go. Like, there's a, there's a risk, there's a reward. There's a consequence if you lose and blow the game. There's also a reward if you win and you're going to dogpile and you're going to get fired up. And that fired me up because it, it makes a lot of sense. But you bring something up, with and I know Ray and, and Wilkins and Cam, you can all kind of attest to this one is – I remember at Nevada, I think it was uh, the first year that Johnson was there, uh, my junior year in 2014, and he mentioned something to us that we're going to make practice way harder than the games because we're going to prepare you in practice so the game's easy. And that's what you kind of mentioned, Ray, earlier was, hey, let's make practice tougher than the game so that we're more prepared when we get into the game that these situations don't surprise us. There's no surprises. We've seen every situation, with, like you mentioned, the game situations. You've seen the situations happen before they've actually happened. So now you're more prepared for those when they happen in the game. So I think that's a big piece that we can touch on here in a little bit. But uh, Wilkins, what are some things that you've done maybe on the pitching side of the ball, To develop confident pitchers, because you know as well as I know, there's some head cases as pitchers, especially if they throw left-handed. So, uh, what are some (laughs) things that you're doing, man, with your pitchers that are that are helping them become more confident athletes and more confident on the mound?
4: Yeah, I I mean, first off, Wiss, I could eat in and out every day, just like Byler. Like I could go every single day. It's no doubt the best. That's why both of
2: you. That's why both of you are obese.
4: <laughs> no, we're. Does that well, count well, in sorry, the biceps?
0: Yeah, does that count in the <laughs> biceps camp? Come on, dude. I know you're not hitting any chest anymore. There's, there's no gym around.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Come on, uh but but yeah, I mean, one of the ways that I, I like to instill confidence in our guys is first off, like the the first meeting that we do is I like to create a vision of our environment, um, going over the standards and the goals that we have with each one of our guys and what I expect out of them, you know, when they show up to the yard. Uh, You know, it it goes to how they act, how they prepare, how they treat. the Just going over all these things and creating a a clear picture to what we're about. Um, I I think that's huge. And then the next step to that is creating vulnerability. You you have to be vulnerable. If you're not in an environment where you're vulnerable, that means you're, you're faking, you're faking it. You know, you're faking how you're acting. You're, you're promoting stress every single day on your body and your mental health. And then that is going to lead to bad performance. Um, so it, it's really about allowing them to make mistakes when they're at the field. And it's my job as a coach to make sure that mistakes are allowed. And one of the things that I do on the practice plan Is make mistakes. I want guys to make mistakes because if you're not making mistakes, you're not learning, and you're not going to be able to succeed at the highest level. So, I want our guys to be as vulnerable as possible, and that comes from the players as well. Not treating each other, you know, in a in a malicious way and making fun of each other. They're they're getting each other better Um, because if you can't be vulnerable at the field, it's it's going to be tough to be yourself, and you're not going to you know, develop yourself as a player and as a person. Um, so it's really my job to create that kind of environment and invest time in our players and get to know them and build a trusting relationship. That way they can be themselves when they're at the field and they can just have fun and play baseball and develop yourself. Uh, that that's I think that's huge to player development and development as people in general.
0: Wilkins, you just got the hashtag wisdom nugget of the day, dude. And that's what I'm going to start hashtagging because it just came to my mind. I kind of like that. But uh, now the, the vision is massive. I love when people talk about creating a vision for yourself, creating a vision for your life, creating a vision for your process, for what you want, for what, how you want to go about things, who you are and who you say you are as a person, as an athlete, as an individual, as a team especially as a team that's why a lot of guys and a lot of programs are going to bring in people to work with their program earlier in the fall to create a vision for their team right like we want to get everybody on board a line going in the same direction towards our dream towards our vision and that's why a lot of these really good teams have some success because they're all on board for the same common goal but you mentioned the vulnerability, and that just took a full swing. And I love that. I, I love the vulnerability aspect. I'm reading a book on Brittany Brown, and I don't know if you guys have heard of, heard of her before, but she does a lot of leadership with schools and, and communities and with corporate, and she talks about courage and vulnerability. And the, the ability to be vulnerable with each other is the, the ticket to success and unlocking your inner greatness. And that's something that I've noticed is, at least in my own life, and I'm sure we can all attest to this and whoever's listening as well, is we hide stuff in, and we we keep it in, and then all of a sudden we feel more guilt, feel more shame, uh, feel more fear and anxiety and worry that people are going to find out who we really are, rather than to just open the flood buckets. Like, I don't care if the NCAA knows who I am. Like, obviously, if there's some rules and regulations, we got to bounce around it for you guys a little different. But like in my way, like I don't care if you know my past. I don't care if you know my future. I don't care if you know who I am or like who I am. Like, let's be vulnerable and connect because there's no better way to connect with people. And when you're a speaker or when you're a workshop performer or anything type of coach leadership coach if you go in trying to tell people what to do nobody's going to listen to you but if you get vulnerable and you connect with the players if you're doing it with athletes or the the business executives if you're doing it in business you connect with them on on their level they're going to buy into everything you have to say whether it's blowing smoke up your butt or not like they're going to buy into it so that's a huge piece now um we'll go back down the totem pole here ray mac you're gonna you're gonna lead us off uh you didn't make the trip to uh, Hohocom earlier that we were talking about, but hey, you made the trip here now and that's a side note, nobody else gets it except for us, so sorry about it. But um what is what are some ways that you guys have created vulnerability within your program and maybe with your athletes and the guys that you specifically work with on the offensive side and defensive side of the ball?
1: Oh, I'm gonna open the flood buckets here, like you said, and uh really <laughs> kick this thing off, but uh no. Vulnerability. I mean, we try and shake it up all the time. Uh, we usually wait a little bit till we hop on the machine where it's, you know, we're ramping that thing up to 95 or we're probably too high a spin rate and just letting guy fail. it. that's kind of the route we go when we feel that they're, they're mechanically sound and kind of ready for that. And then when that happens, we just let them go. Um, we, we don't really break down a whole lot of mechanics, uh, not a whole lot on the timing. We just kind of let them go out and compete. Uh, and then as it gets further down, um, further down in the flow, mix in the fast change machine and, and keep ramping it up. Um, so it's, it's really tough. It's competitive. Um, kind of building off one thing I wanted to, to mention, you know, confidence is kind of about where way you frame things mentally. Um, it's interesting when you're – I read a stat the other day that MLS, uh, when they're taking PK shots to win the game – it was about 83, 85%, but if it was to tie the game, it was only like 60%. And uh, I, for me, yeah, wild, Cam, wild, <laughs> wild. And So for me, it's, it's those guys going in and going, hey, if I make this, I, I win it, you know, versus the, hey, if I miss this, we're, we lose, you know? So um, the way you frame things mentally, I think plays a huge factor in how confident you are, um, not in just our sport, obviously, but
0: all sports. You may have taken the reins on the wisdom nugget of the day. Right? That's so, right, boys. Uh, this is, and now all. we're just up at each other. This is why this is good, because it's not just me up here trying to preach. Like, we've got a whole crew here. Cam, what do you got for me?
2: Ray him? just went off the top ropes on Wilkins and just destroyed <laughs> that comment. <laughs> the
0: people's no, champ, elbow to the neck. Sorry about the regular. Go ahead, Cam. Hit.
2: No, Ray and Wilk, you brought up great points with both of those things, just on how confidence is recontextualized and – I know that we've all played or played with or against guys that you know are the loudest ones, they're the most vocal, they're loving the spotlight and all that, but you know it's fake. It's just this fake confidence that really stems from great insecurity in the one second that things go wrong. You can't find them, you can't hear them, they're nowhere to be found. So this is just a quick aside for any young players out there. It's really easy to see. It might not be that easy to describe but it's really easy to see when it's real and when it's fake but just to jump off with what Ray said one of the things we try and do with our guys the second that they come into our program is tell them that if they don't develop the preparation they need if they don't develop the routine that they need it's going to be hard to make it in our program because each year we're really lucky especially coming off last year in the national championship we have a ton of really good players that want to come within our program so we tell our guys if you don't do what we're asking you to do it's going to be hard to have the authentic confidence you need just to be able to have a chance not even to actually succeed on the field but to have a chance one thing that's made it really unique is with what's going on this year we've had four or five all conference division one players that want to transfer and come in and it's really hard to get young guys to understand that until they see it and they show up after the break and there's two or three D one players that have come back and we don't say it from a, you know, a negative way. We just tell them that, you know, part of what goes into our program was a lot of coaches working really hard to put it where it is. And we're just the ones that are lucky enough to get a benefit from that. But what goes into it is like what Wes said, what Ray said, what Wilk said. I know what you said, Biles, you have to be comfortable with the competitive setting you just do because if you're not you're going to get exposed really quickly
0: that's huge man that's huge and whistler so like going off of that cam with the competitive setting whist what are some things that you do other than just the game environment like is that all you're doing to encourage the competitiveness or are you doing that like hey bp we've got a competition round line drives Uh, in the defensive rounds whoever feels the most ground balls wins or whoever makes the worst amount of throws they got to run? Or what what are you doing competition-wise to enhance that from day one and instill that in these athletes' minds that, hey, look, like, if you want to stick around, one, you've got to be good, two, you've got to be confident, three, you've got to trust your teammates and work hard every single day.
3: Yeah, no question. There's always weight put on everything we do, whether it's the smallest drill um, all the way up to, obviously, the game setting with you being split into two teams. Um, I think a couple things work with that and it's and it's one's accountability and responsibility. You know, I, I think those two things are huge. When when we get back to the vulnerability piece and we talk about confidence, you've got to be able to take accountability for your actions and, and responsibility for your mistakes. I think that that that's a huge piece of gaining that confidence and, and what that looks like with us is um so our infielders like I, I have a I have a general rule that I talk to our our guys about. I, and one of them's all I talk about, always know. You always know how close you were to a ground ball because we're going to leave our feet every single time. Okay, you hear the coaches never know. You never know. Well, we always know because we're going to die for every single ball. Okay. So now when guys don't lay out for balls in games and we're not saving runs, it's just a tally mark. Okay. And we handle that at the end of practice. Um, and, and those guys, it's not a, it's not a point the finger, it's not a call them out, but they know, they absolutely know why they're, why why we're conditioning at the end of practice is because I didn't leave my feet, I didn't sacrifice myself for our teammates, for the pitcher on the mound, um, and little things like that really add up. And when you get into that game, that game situation in the season, man, you should see these dudes. I mean, their jerseys are head to toe covered in mud or whatever you're at grass, turf, whatever it is. Um, they're laying out all the time. And I think it's because you put the weight on that, you know, to, to make them take responsibility and accountability for what they're doing, not just in a game, but like we discussed practice. For coaches, that's our best. I mean, that's my favorite time is practice, you know. I wish we could practice every day. Um, and, and then when you get into that game spot, you know that you're prepared, you know that you did everything you could to make sure that your guys are confident because they have that accountability. Um, and responsibility for what they're going to do on the field.
0: Go ahead, Ken.
2: Yeah, just a, this is just a quick point. Um, before I'd love to hear from uh, from the rest of you guys on this. Just because there's been this downtime, I've been curious to to look into championship teams across a ton of different levels, and it's pretty crazy if you look. On how a championship college baseball program is run, there's probably, I would say, six to seven position players that get about 90% of the at-bats. And there's probably five to seven pitchers that get about 90-ish percent of the innings. So that's 10 to 12 players that get almost 90% of the actual in-game reps, if you will that should be incentive enough to to be as competitive as you can be just to even get into the lineup. And again, that's just for a championship team. So there's a lot of programs out there that, that stress having a great college experience. Shashank, what's up dude. Um, And doing everything Uh, like that. But if you want to be a part of a championship team, you need to understand there's going to be, 12 ish players that get about ninety percent of all the in-game action. That should be motivation enough to want to develop all these competitive skills.
4: Yeah, and I think that goes to self-awareness with the player. Like when i when I, when I've been sitting down at home, I've been thinking about what makes you know really good teammates and really good players. And I've noticed that usually the bad teammates, they're jealous of somebody else, whether it's getting more innings or they throw harder. And they see other strengths and it really points out your weaknesses in a person or as a player. And I I think that's one thing that I I try to help with our guys is just generating that self-awareness with themselves. You know, it's not about other people. It's not about what others are doing. It's not about that. It's about developing yourself to become a better person, to become a better player. Like your goal is to be a 20-year big leaguer how are you doing that every single day to get yourself better and not necessarily worrying about what others are doing? And I I just think we see, you know, other people succeeding and sometimes we see our weaknesses um, and other strengths. And I, I I used to do it as a player um, when I was younger, but then I tended to notice, you know, the more I played and, you know, throughout my coaching career, that's, that's kind of what makes, I think a a good teammate and a bad teammate is that part.
0: That's a, go ahead, Ray, go ahead.
1: Well, yeah, there's a guy and a guy that comes to mind when we're thinking about confidence for me that we all know is B ship, you know, so Braden Shipley, maybe not the best teammate, you know, great dude, hall of fame guy. He, I was in his wedding, one of my best friends, you know, on the planet, but Um, but gosh, that guy went out and got his, you know, he was going to go put in his work every day because he clear path in his brain that, Hey, I'm going to make it to the league. And he did, you know, and, and, and when you can visualize that and see that internally, um, you know, your path in front of you, you're much more likely to go and really reach that ceiling. I think too, um, because when it's not clear, you're, you're not going to dedicate and devote your time. Like you need to, to get there.
0: There was no doubt no uncertainty in his mind that he was going to get to the big leagues and that he was going to pitch in an MLB stadium. There was no doubt in his mind that he was going to be a first-rounder. There was no doubt at all. I think that's that's the epitome of somebody who's confident, right? No doubt. Like, there's zero doubts going through your mind about where you want to go and how you're going to get there. Um, Shawshank, do you have something to add? One, welcome to the, to the cash. You're, you're on the hot seat now, baby. It's around the corner.
5: Yeah. Or around the horn,
0: <laughs> not around the corner. <laughs> I don't know Here what is. all has
5: been talked about, but um... – yeah. We're talking confidence. We're talking yeah. confidence. But go ahead. Do your thing. I know what the topic is. Violet, <laughs> I don't know. No, Ship's a great example. I mean, we all know him. I grew up with him. And the thing about Brady is he, he's always thought, he's always had an abundance mentality, as I guess the best way I could put it. He's never put any limitations on himself. And I think that's an important thing with confidence is a lot of times we're our own, uh we put barriers on what we think we can do oh we make excuses for oh maybe I'm just not talented enough or whatever Uh, but but for Brady he's had an abundance mentality meaning that he's always thought that he can have what he wants if he if he puts the work to do it and he's always thought he was a little better than he was always even from age seven eight nine he's always thought he was the best and that's a lot of the reason why he became what he, what he is today um, is because he always had great confidence in himself and knew that in belief, I think belief is a big thing, but he he had an abundance mentality, meaning he's going to get what he wants and, and that's that. So I think that's important. Um,
0: Yeah, no, continue Shaw. I, well, I'm going to ask you now, Shaw, You, you talk about the abundance mentality. That's a, I love the word abundance. I think it's so key. And not a lot of people really even understand what it means. I don't think it just you never really hear it that much. But the abundance mentality, like having no limitations for yourself, in anything that you do, like each one of you guys wants to be a head coach one day. Otherwise, you wouldn't be coaching, you don't want a coach to be a recruiting coordinator your entire life, you don't want a coach to be a volunteer assistant for the next 45 years, right? And like you guys want to get up the ladder and be a head coach and own your program that's why we talk so much about leadership and that's why you all have incredible insights on leadership and you're some of the best young coaches in the game like doing this right now preaching it and practicing it and actually implementing it and not just blowing smoke up everybody I've said that twice now now Shaw what are some things that you're doing for your pitchers and maybe with your athletes to instill confidence into them from the very beginning of the fall Like when they get on campus Or even if you have a guy who's lacking some confidence, and you're like, man, like if he just gets that confidence piece, he's going to be so freaking good. What are some things you're doing?
5: Well, I think I mean from the very beginning, um, it starts with just sitting down and going over, uh, you know, the goals. What are what are your individual goals? Long term. Um, What do you you know? Where do you see yourself? I think when a person has, uh, an idea of what they want out of why are they here, then it helps kind of pave the way and figure out the path to get there. Um, so then we talk about kind of, it becomes individualizing everything. So what we talk about, you know, the routines, your pre-throw routine, your post-throw routine, your arm care routine, your pre-pitch routine, your, um, all those things, your pregame, your morning, all those routines we start talking about and, and tweaking and what do you do? Um, and it's all an effort to just get to know who you are as a person uh, because a lot of development and getting self-confidence is self-awareness, knowing yourself, okay? And then once you once you know a lot about yourself, it's easier to, to have confidence in what your strengths are and what you can do. Um, but yeah, and then it's just, it's down the line. It's just, uh, you know, they'll, we'll figure out how they move. We'll figure out what their delivery does. We'll figure out what their pitches do when they leave the hand. What's the data telling us? Does it match up to what we see? Is this, is this pitch really a good pitch or what, you know, all these different things to get to know, uh, get an identity. Um, What makes you different than the next guy? What makes you stand out um, in identifying all those things? And, And I think, uh, that helps. Um, just the more that you get to know them, and they get to the, know themselves, it helps them be able to identify their strengths um, and all those different types of things. Um, so, I mean, those are some things that we'll do, uh, other than just having, um, you know, just conversations a lot. I think a lot of a lot of com- and I don't know whatever one has talked about but I'm just going to touch on a few things like I think a lot of what coach Johnson talks about is a lot of confidence when it comes to uh performance comes from preparation um and that's all those different things that I just talked about is preparation and 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 once a guy knows that they've prepared and done everything they can do um then they a lot of times that that eases their mind hey I've I've done the work now I can just go play but then there's other sides to it where we have a mental strength coach that talks a lot about, um, confidence is, is easier when you're in control of your thoughts and your mind and you're able to, to be assertive, um, and really just focus on, um, you know, what keep controlling your mind so that not negative thoughts can come in. He talks about how positive and negative thoughts can't occupy your mind at the same time. So, you know that's why we have the pre-pitch routines that's why we we do all those things so that we're occupying our mind with positive things um and so the negative stuff like results and distractions can't come in and we're totally just focused on the task at hand um and and keeping it very simple um and not vague um another thing that they'll, we'll do is we'll journal uh, we'll t- we'll um you know we'll write down three things that we're doing well that day and then one thing to improve a lot of times guys will have, um, they'll have more than one thing they'll want to write down for improvement, but I think it's important to, to prioritize it. Um, if they're doing it every day, then, you know, they could prioritize one thing to improve and three things to get that they're doing well. So they're, they're focusing on both. Um, but it's a lot of confidence, you know it's and then for my end, it's putting guys in that am in positions to to be successful early um so that we could kind of build off that um but yeah, a lot of times getting them to understand that also confidence isn't just necessarily a feeling that comes over you uh it's easier when you've had success, it's easier if you've gone through hard things and put in a lot of work, but a lot of times it is a choice. Uh, to, to trust everything you've done and to be all in. Um, and it has a lot to do with all the preparation leading up to the moment. So that's kind of a lot. but
0: No, it's really good Shaw. It's Really good. And we've hit a lot on the routines. I and mean, we'll get to that in a minute, but Cam, uh, what do you got for us?
2: <clears throat> I just wanted to add a little disclaimer to all these things that have been brought up and there's been some incredible points, but one of the things that makes developing confidence so challenging is a lot of this players we're working with aren't even fully developed physically yet and i'm not even talking with their biceps like their hormones they're shifting they're growing they're evolving they're changing daily these kids are having identity crisis about what they want to do that can change daily weekly by what they want to study so this isn't a conversation that and again i've fully been guilty of not really knowing what goes into all this but it's evolved from some of the research and some of the learning that goes into it but this is not a conversation you have once at the start of the fall and then once at an exit meeting you know these identities change daily almost hourly with some of these kids so it's so difficult to to think that you know just these these conversations that happen sparingly are going to be enough and again i'm fully guilty of doing it but these things take time they take a lot of effort and they're going to Potentially be something that needs to to be on a daily basis to try and just keep all these things in check. so many of you know so many people in our society get their confidence and validation from things that are way outside of their control rather than you know something that should be internally within their own self awareness that we've talked about, so there's just a lot that goes into it, and it really is a, a difficult thing to try and quantify.
0: yeah, I really think this could be a month long podcast. We could talk about this three days a week, every day, um, or every episode, and just crush different aspects of this. But we bring up a lot of really good points. The self-awareness aspect, like being aware of like what trips me up, identifying the signals that get in my way when I lose my confidence, and what are the things that I do well when I have a lot of confidence and I'm feeling prepared. Is it my preparation? Is it my routines that we've hit on a ton? So far, I made a note down here about the encouragement and being vulnerable, like encouraging other people. I think when you encourage others, you also gain some confidence in yourself. Um, it helps you kind of take that pressure off of you and puts it on somebody else where, hey, let's encourage each other to, to get in that, that mindset of, hey, we're champions, like we want to be champions, like we're all here for the same common goal. Let's encourage each other to get to that goal. But you talk about doing the little things and you said the day-to-day, and it's something that you gotta do every single day and Shaw and all you guys have mentioned the routine aspect and some aspects some form the routine part of the game. It's really easy as a coach to say hey you got to have a routine it's really easy as an athlete to say yes I got to have a routine but it's really hard to take pride in my routine and to take pride in the process that I've laid out for myself and understand that even though I might not see immediate results that over a long period of time this is going to lead to success and we're going to be better because of this Ray you mentioned in the very first topic like we're going to do this every single day and trust me you may not see the results but we're going to have success at some point so I'm going to open up the floor. Ray, I'll start with you. Like, what are some ways that you can encourage your athletes to take pride in some of these little things? Because I know there's an athlete or a coach out there thinking, gosh, like, some days I just I just don't got it. And I don't know what to do. I don't know how to show up. Or maybe we got some kids on our team that just don't show up every single day with full intent. What are some things that you're doing to encourage athletes to take pride in the everyday little things?
1: Um, It's, it's weird because in college college athletics, so many other things going on. Uh, our normal schedule, and it's even different from BYU, who's playing Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, you know, we play Tuesday, Friday, today. So if we're lucky, the guys are really only missing class Tuesday afternoon. Schedules haven't gotten fixed, um, and then Fridays, so if they ha- if they have that. Um, so to to give them something that they can do um you know i took it from you was the gratitude journal for a couple of guys where um you know hey i i challenged i challenged two different guys on our team this year i said i'm going to tell you to do it for 5 days uh 555 five, five. Five, five positive affirmations um uh, i want you to write in your journal i'm the best hitter in the wcc 5 times in a row so that's just reminding them um and then 5 minutes of visualization on Um, their best at bats or their best days as baseball players. And I just said, Hey, look, I want you to run this for five days. And then after that, it's up to you. Um, You can do with it what you want. But uh, after those five days, both of them wanted to continue doing it. And these are two really talented hitters um, that get in their own way a little bit. And just like all of us have, um, and they just needed to get something going for them that would keep them in routine. And maybe that was, hey, I don't know when they did it, at when they got to the field, one of the guys, one of the guys would do it when they woke up, but something that kept them going uh, as a reminder. Uh, still, it's different. I, that guy, had, we had to wait, or those two guys, we had to wait to see have some failure. And uh, other guys, maybe the journaling's not their deal. It's what they do when they get to the yard that helps them get ready for the game. But um, that's developed over time. It constantly changes. And... Um, you know, just helping the player find that is, I think, our biggest job.
0: Mm, that's a huge. That's a huge nugget of of awesomeness, dude. And and Shaw, you mentioned the same thing about your guys' journaling. Hey, what's something that we can improve on? And I think journaling a lot of times goes as that's what girls do, or that's a diary, or that's just old school nonsense. But guess what, since I started writing down my thoughts, and I heard this, don't get me wrong, so I'm not saying I'm perfect, I've heard this since high school, write down your thoughts, when you have a thought, write it down, when you have something on your mind, write it down, when you're in a meeting, take notes and bring a piece of paper and not just show up with nothing because you're not gonna remember it. Well, so many good things have happened. So many good things have happened. Memories have stuck longer. Um, ideas and wisdom has been ingrained into my mind now. And it's just like you said, Ray, that uh, the gratitude aspect is so powerful. Something so simple. It takes a couple minutes to just think about what you're grateful for. I remember uh, about a week ago there was an athlete that reached out and he plays with the Padres or the Mariners. For forget he's a pitcher. And he's having trouble feeling himself on the mound. And obviously, then this whole, this COVID deal took, took over. And now he's really just kind of scrambling because he doesn't know what's going to happen. And he doesn't know if he's going to get another opportunity to go out there and play this summer. And he mentioned something that his brother was like, dude, you're not the same guy anymore this year. For some reason, you're just not as happy. You're not as encouraging. You're not as loving. And I told him, look, dude, this is going to sound so simple and maybe a little dumb to you or, or just not important to you. But guess what? Write three to five things that you're grateful for every single day. For the next week and then let me know how it goes and two days in he goes dude i've been writing down what i'm grateful for first thing in the morning and it hasn't changed everything but i've been a little more positive and i've been had a little more energy and i'm like this is incredible it's it's great like you get to see the results man people talk about this but it's not mundane Like just, you gotta take action still you have to actually do it um whistler what are some things that you guys are doing to help your guys take pride in the day-to-days to develop that confidence piece and to be ready when those game situations come about.
3: It's exactly what you guys are talking about, man. It's just the actions speak, I mean, so much louder than words, but the words are the driving cause behind those actions. You know what I'm saying? Like you guys are talking about, like I told you guys a couple um, episodes ago, like we start first thing in the morning, it's take pride in something that you're doing right when you get out of bed. And how do we do that? Well, we can make our bed immediately. You know what I mean? Now you've already achieved one thing to start your day to get it going, right? And then that turns right into the weight room. Okay, we're getting in there. I've already made my bed. I've already um, won my first battle. Now I'm going to dominate this one in the weight room. And then it's just a trickle down effect with these guys to really take pride, have a sense of pride in in their daily routine and what they're accomplishing. And that at the end of the day, you're going to get to look yourself in the mirror and, and be confident. You know, that's what this whole podcast is about today. And I think everything that you guys have said is right on the money man like you have gotta have that sense of pride and passion and the want to all day long through everything that you do the school um the homework you know practice all of it um we try to we try to map it out for our guys best we can um we're not micromanaging their entire lives right but we want to make sure that they've got a few foundations that are built throughout their day that okay, this is what we're gonna do and we're gonna do this consistently, right? We have study hall, that's happening three times a week. Okay, we got all this other stuff that's going on um, and we're making sure that, that they have a foundation of stuff that they can dominate and, and be successful with throughout a day to ensure that they're continuing this, this process of um, creating an environment for themselves where they can be successful and be confident.
0: I love that, man, creating a good environment, creating a foundation that serves you. It's, it's incredible, dude, and you guys are doing a great job of it. It's a testament to how you guys are performing. Um, Wilkins, what about you? What are some things that you guys are doing over there at Dixie that have that have been impactful? You guys got to a great start this year. You guys are crushing it, and now um, some changes going into the new year. What are some things that you all are doing over there at Dixie?
4: Yeah, uh, I mean, one of the things that I found really beneficial for our guys is visually showing them videos of elite athletes you know Kobe Bryant and his work ethic him talking about how he developed his game or some of the things that he does in an everyday uh everyday routine um Michael Jordan uh Tiger Woods I mean Garrett Cole all these guys are going over you know what elite athletes do and they're picking kind of their brain a little bit and they're they're trying to come up with their own routine of how to do things on the field and off the field. And, you know, my job as a coach is to meet with that guy and be like, hey man, why why are you here? Like, why are you playing baseball? What is your ultimate goal? Like you say you want to be a big leaguer, but you're not doing everything that you can, you know, on the field and off the field. Your routine isn't good. You know, you got a one seven GPA, man. Like, what are we doing? Obviously what you're doing off the field it's going to impact how you do things on the field as well. And one of the guys that uh, really turned it around on our team was Ben Hart. He's a left-handed pitcher, freshman. Freshmen have a tough time, you know, in their first year of college. But he had a – I think he had somewhere between like a 2-1, 2-2 GPA. And he flipped it around this, this semester right now. I think he's at like a 3A GPA just by telling them like, Hey man, what, what are you doing here? Like the way you do anything is how you do everything. And if you're not going to do well off the field in the classroom or in your relationships with other people or in your preparation, you're not going to be good on the field. Uh, so just constantly meeting with each guy and uh, reminding them what's their why I think, and how they're becoming a better person and a better baseball player. I think that's, that's the biggest thing is just investing in, uh, each player in themselves.
0: The investment, man, investing in the athletes. I mean, you have them for a certain amount of time. We all know the coaches who maybe didn't invest the time to build a relationship with us. And we know the ones that do. We remember the ones that do a lot more than the ones that didn't because we've had that relationship. We usually still talk to them and they mentor us and and they're people that we look up to and we use a lot of what they've taught us to pass along to the next generation. So I, lo- I love that piece, Wilkins. Now, now, Bradshaw, what about you guys? I mean, You've got a different dynamic over there in a way because you've got a whole wide range of age groups coming in, coming out. you got guys leaving for trips, coming back. Like You've got some crazy things going on, some obstacles that you guys have to kind of handle there as a program. What are some things that you're doing to instill that pride in some of the little things and in, in those routines that you guys have developed for your athletes?
5: Yeah, we do have a wide range of guys. And I think that – um it's, it can almost be a, an advantage in some ways, um, you know, having guys go out for a couple of years and, and go on a mission and, and come back. Um, a lot of times they'll have a different kind of outlook on things and a kind of renewed sense of gratitude for just being there. Um, you know, they weren't able to play baseball for two years. They uh, were out, uh, you know, on a mission for two years and probably and a lot of times in a third world country um so that just a culture shock type of deal but they come back and they're you know kind of a renewed sense of gratitude for just being there a little bit of a different um outlook on life so a lot of times that that alone um drives them to just just they're just happy to be there and a lot of times when you're happy to be there Um, it's just a matter of instilling the competitive edge back in them, you know? Um, but, uh, as far as, as far as the instilling the confidence, I mean, I kind of talked a little bit, but, uh, I think one thing that's important is, um, you know, we, we try to get them to be assertive in that everything they do is assertive, uh, deliberate, um, as opposed to, you know, you could have, there's different types of confidence, one being arrogant, but in, in my opinion, that's kind of a fake it till you make it situation. You're not, you just believe that you're going to get it done no matter what you do, uh, which is not going to last. Um, but being assertive is putting in the work, putting in the preparation and, and constantly trusting your preparation and everything that you've done. And then once you do that consistently, you're going to start to have success, and once you start to have success, can, confidence is, is going to keep a- increasing and increasing. So, uh, I don't I don't know exactly if that answers your question, but um, as far as our unique situation, I think um, having guys of all different ages uh, it helps the younger guys kind of um, you know they we got guys from eighteen to twenty four, so so the twenty four year old guys have have a lot more life experience. Than the 18 year old guys coming in, so it's somebody for them to look up to that's that's battling with them, you know. It's um, it's unique, yeah, it is very unique, you don't get that everywhere. But um, the older guys definitely have a different outlook on things, but um, but they uh, man, it, it, I feel like it could be an advantage because they just have a, a unique uh, you know, maturity and uh gratefulness for everything they get to do with us. So
0: yeah, I think it is an advantage, man, and then they can use their experiences and share their testimonies with the other guys that are just coming in and the younger the younger athletes in the program. It really helps them step right into that leadership role and you've got a bunch of leaders on there that are extensions of you as coaches, which is really cool and they get it now. You know, maybe it took them going away for a couple of years to understand how amazing they have it there and and the amazing opportunities that they have with you as a program and with the coaching staff and with the teammates that they have and how unique the college experience is. It's, It's a beautiful thing. That's why college baseball is the greatest sport in the world. It's way better than professional baseball. It's way better than high school baseball. It's better than anything in the world. I mean, I can't even imagine not having college baseball until now and it's weird because you get to see the camaraderie, you get to see people fully bought in for one mission, one goal. The selfishness is totally out the window for the most part, and it's a beautiful sport, man, and that's why I just have so much gratitude for you guys and what you bring to the table and what you're providing for these athletes because it's really a decision period for a lot of people. You go out from high school, you're usually away from home for the first couple years of your life. You're away from mom and dad. You're trying to figure out how to fend on your own in the real world. You've got obstacles. You've got Weights early, you've got school, you've got so many responsibilities, a schedule that you actually have to go to and handle a little bit. There's so many things that pop up and you still want to go play professional baseball one day and manage your social life. And it's it's a whole whirlwind of things that you've got to kind of handle and compound, but I don't think you're able to do it without confidence. And like you said, confidence comes from your preparation and how you prepare every single day on the field yes but off the field most importantly in my opinion that morning routine what are you doing to set yourself up for success and the more that we can instill this in our athletes and in the youth nowadays because school's not teaching it anywhere there's nobody in school teaching a morning routine or teaching you how to breathe or teaching you how to write gratitude journals none of that's happening so the more that we can instill that and be a positive light in the communities is huge very very huge so i'm just to kind of end this deal what do you guys like closing remarks, anything that you want to add as far as confidence, anything that you have experienced across your way of maybe an example of somebody who was just very confident in their abilities. I know we mentioned Shipley earlier. He's incredibly confident and did amazing things, but uh, Ray, do you have anybody else in mind that maybe um, exemplified pure confidence and it wasn't in a cocky way. It was more of like, Hey, I know I got this and my teammates are able to see that in me. So now I feel more confident.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of guys, um, but one that really sticks out is a recent guy, uh, Shane McGuire, who's with us, catcher, uh, maybe coming back, maybe not, uh, depending on the draft, but uh, he was injured this year a bit, uh, wasn't able to catch behind the dish, he had an ankle deal, uh, not running great, uh, but he was able to pinch hit every once in a while, um, coming off uh, in that last couple of seasons, but it, it was wild listening to him talk because he's like man this usually when you're pulled off the bench to hit it's hard really hard to do um but he's like yeah coach I can just sit back I got seven in visualize success and then I get up there and I know when I'm gonna get in a bases loaded or a tight situation I'm just gonna bang him in and he was like four for five and his bats coming off the bench this last few games of the year and uh that's just kind of the way he is as a as a person and a player um uh, Nothing not him best the amount. He really does a good job of kind of riding that even-killed temperament because then when he gets out one out of five times or whatever, he just knows he's going to get that hit the next time. So uh, if you can stay even-killed,
0: uh, the confidence a lot of the times will come with that too. Yeah, you mentioned the pinch hitting. That is not easy to do for anybody. It is the toughest thing in baseball, man. That is incredibly hard. But I love the fact that hey, I'm going to get up and I'm going to bang him in. No worries, I'm good. All good. Let's get this thing done. Let's make it happen. Simple, simple, <laughs> simple. Man. Let's go. I love it. Simplicity equals success, man. I love simplicity. Uh, Wilkins, what about you? What's it? What's maybe a story or an athlete or a coach, somebody that's resembled pure confidence that has inspired you or your teammates or the squad that year?
4: Oh, man, I I think there's an endless list, but uh, coaching wise, I'd say Coach Johnson, no doubt. Um, you know, the way he goes about his business, instilling confidence in other people, the way he treats other people, uh, it's its unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, in, in terms of, you know, the players, I'd say most of our staff this year did a really great job. Uh, Jack Gonzalez comes to mind, left-handed pitcher, junior, and he just knew that he was going to go out and throw eight innings for us and get away. He, he just knew. Uh, just, just this whole demeanor that the dude worked harder than anybody on staff. You know, he, he'd stay late, uh, and I think that's really what comes down to being great is you know having a vision, um, having you know standards of your you know what your standards are, what your goals are, and failing a lot. You know, you got to be able to fail, and you know when you do fail, don't dis- don't get discouraged, but instead. You know, get back up and fail again, and then fail again, and then eventually, the more failures that you have, it's going to lead to success down down the road if you learn from it. You have to learn from it. Um, that's that's kind of what I learned, and uh, you know, I'm sure this past year, you know, Coach Johnson was going to have a pretty good year and make a run to the College World Series because the previous two years he didn't make a regional, and you knew he's bound to make another college another College World Series run. So. That that's what I look for, and um, other people in terms of promoting confidence to others and all that.
0: I love that. And it one, it's memorable, two, it radiates amongst your team and, and your athletes and your coaches. People can sense that. And like Cam said earlier, you can sense when it's real and genuine and when it's fake chow and they're just trying to blow it blow it out the park. Like you can you can sense that as a human being. We catch each other's energy very well. So Whistler, what about you, man? What do you got for me?
3: Yeah. I think a great story to kind of point on everything you guys have said is Seth Brown, um, guy who totally, and, and Bishaw you can attest to this, a guy who was talented and who had the confidence, but there was no routine behind it. You know, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was a very, very, um, arrogant confidence, right. Who, who was just a guy that he did and he did, he went out and performed. Um, but there was, there was really no routine behind it. And it took, a It took a certain coach to be able to humble him um, and for him to find himself and find his routine. And that leads to him, I mean, being a first team All-American, leading the country in home runs and then getting drafted in the 19th round, playing in every single step of the minor leagues and now making the 40 man roster for the Oakland A's. So I think it's a perfect example of having the two sides to it where yes, you are the confident piece, but what's your routine and what are you doing to, to gain that confidence while I was doing nothing. And that, what's that lead to? Well, it leads to three schools in four years, you know, it it leads to you hopping around to a bunch of different places. um, And, and really not having that, that foundation underneath you too. Okay. Now, Hey, I'm throwing all that to the wayside. I'm going to look myself in the mirror. I'm going to humble myself. Um, I'm going to create a routine and I'm going to dominate it every single day. And now that turns you into what you are now uh, a big leaguer who's going to get you know that big league contract that big league paycheck for an entire year um so it, it's just the two sides like we've been battling this whole pod this whole podcast in this episode of okay what does confidence look like there's different varieties of it well i think a good foundation you have to have in order for you to sustain that confidence and build off of it for, for a long term
0: it's really good Wes. it's really good and there is really no better example than seth brown man he's 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 got the routine, he's got the work ethic. I remember playing against him in pro ball, and that dude was working out every day. He's like, yeah, I just deadlifted 350 pounds. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? It's the middle of summer and it's 110 degrees out here. It's like, yeah, I got to do it to play. That's how I I prepare for the game. It gets me ready for the game, and now look where he's at. He's in the big leagues, and that guy maybe had no business being in the big leagues six, seven, eight years ago, right? But it shows what you can do when you flip your mindset and you get that thing rolling in your favor to serve you. Uh, Bradshaw, what about you, man? What do you got for me?
5: Yeah, you no, know, I was actually – yeah, Wes. but Seth's a great example because one thing that – he's always believed in himself. That's, that's never been the issue. Um, but he didn't really understand what he needed to do to be really successful, and he figured that out. Um, I mean, he went through some crap. I mean, and everyone has to. Everybody's got to go through some hard times, some failures. I mean, there was a, um, a year where he didn't even play. Uh, his after his first year of college, uh, basically had it, you know, and I, I don't need to get into his whole story, but basically got into uh, back to Lynn Benton, and and ha- that was his only chance to uh, play again. Um, and then and then going to LC State changed his life because it forced him, a guy that that needed to figure out some habits and and some things that he needed to do. He needed a kick in the pants, is what he needed, and he knew it. And, and and he bought in. Like, he, that's the only way you could survive at a program like that is you buy in fully. He bought in fully. And it was the habits and the mentality and the um, all those skills that he learned there that got him through the rest of the way. I mean, he had his struggles in pro ball. He always had his struggles with beating himself up, um, being too hard on himself. But that was the turning point in his pro career when when after, you know, he had a, he. He had a good first year, and then he struggled a little bit. Um, but then he he kind of stopped beating himself up, and he stopped throwing away at bats. And he and he just focused on just being his best self every at bat, and just not caring as much about getting out. Um, well, I mean, he's always going to care. He's just not going to let it affect him as much. But but that's another thing. You can't beat yourself up and let it affect the next opportunity. That was the separate. That's the separator, I think, for a lot of guys in pro ball. Um, but that was what separated. And then obviously he just committed to the weight room, which he had never done in his life. He's always been a big, strong kid. And then you you throw a big, strong kid in with just crushing the weight room. He just became an animal. Um, And then that's where all the skills really could start to come through and be maximized. But, but yeah, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, it's just a couple other things to just note. I don't know if this has been touched on, but I think a lot of Uh, people's confidence um is hindered when they're comparing themselves to other people and they're focused on other people um but really confident people you could just you just can see are just very secure with themselves and they're in charge of themselves first and they're like this is what i need to do um and then they're obviously when um they're not comparing themselves they're not worried about what other people think. They're not worried about what the coaches are thinking. They're just secure with themselves. Um, and you can see that visually. And, and, uh, so yeah, that's one note I wanted to make. And then another thing I know a lot of our, I don't know if our audience is mostly players or coaches, but I think I think coaches can do about another just tidbit to instill confidence is just, it's your body language says a lot and this is, I'm talking in game. Um, you know, if you're showing a negative emotion towards something a guy's doing, then how do you expect them not to? Um, I think that that kind of creates a fear that is unnecessary. I think when you show confidence, you put guys in situations that you trust them and you show confidence in them and, and, and keep confident with your body language and your, decisions then then they're going to do the same. And I think that's just an important thing.
1: Easy B. Are you afraid or were you afraid of monsters when you were a kid in your closet?
0: Monsters in my closet. Uh, I was definitely afraid. I thought that every time when I when I would run into my bed, I thought that there was somebody going to grab my leg when I got into my bed. So I would, I would like wobble over and then jump over my bed. <laughs> I had to sit in my bed. Yes. So I was a little afraid. Are you still afraid of those monsters? I am not afraid of the monsters in my closet, Ray. And I don't know what kind of poetry you're trying to spit at me, but just okay. get it out. <laughs> no, Stay with
1: me. Stay with okay. me here. You, okay. You beat that fear by the amount of times you walked into that room and there hasn't been a monster there. So keep barging down the doors keep challenging yourself keep opening the door when you know it's dark and scary in there and eventually you're going to be so dang confident that you're just going to walk into that room and be a big bzb
0: one day (laughs) (laughs) that is legendary dude it that (laughs) caught me way off guard but you might have just topped everyone for the wisdom nugget of the day that might have just that might have just topped right. They dropped the mic. Ray Mac hopped on the mic. We don't have the studio yet, but we're gonna get the studio. Um, this was great, guys. This was amazing. Just being able to discuss confidence. Um, not only do these guys show confidence in everything that they do, but they they truly believe this. And they're, they're actually preach practicing what they preach every single day and their athletes buy into them. I remember seeing Shaw with his pitching staff uh, I think two years ago at Santa Clara and just his guys like bought into him. They're coming up asking questions. They, they truly bought into who he is as a person and what he's trying to get across to them. And it shows in how they perform. Ray, same thing with you. I watched you. I haven't gotten to watch Wiss or, or Wilkins yet in the coaching role yet, but I, I can only imagine, but with Ray, they're, they're, they're asking questions when, when he's there early and he's working on the field and doing all the things that most people don't see that college coaches are still doing at a lot of places. They're asking questions. They're showing up. They're, they're, they're wanting to learn and they're, they're being open with him. They trust him. And it goes back to that vulnerability piece. It goes back to that relationship piece that we talked about in the very beginning of this whole thing. And confidence is a massive tool that anybody can use to enhance your development right away. Coaches, players, parents, anybody in the world can use this. So uh, I think there's a lot of valuable insight on here and I know a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this one. So, Appreciate y'all hopping on with me. I appreciate you guys listening in. If you have any questions or have anything that you want to add in about confidence or anything that you maybe do as a program, um, or if there's something that you want to ask one of us a question, email us, shoot us on social media. You can find us anywhere, Major League University. Um, we're always open to ask, asking, answering questions and asking questions and being a part of questions because we all want to grow and get better. So I uh, appreciate y'all listening in.